reaching Israel and the world. Beloved, we are so happy that you are with us. I'm Cynthia, Rabbi Schneider's wife, and I just want to assure you, Rabbi has a special teaching today that you do not want to miss. God bless you and shalom, yedidim, beloved ones. My name is Messianic Rabbi K.A. Schneider. Welcome today to this edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus, where I am now in the third part of a series that I'm calling Keys to Breakthrough. I want you to know this message that I'm sharing with you is an overflow of my own life and my own experience. It's not just a message that I prepare that I could teach on television. It really is a personal overflow and bubbling up of what God is doing in my life personally. I want you to hear me today. There are certain things that when we align ourselves to, certain principles in the spirit, when we're in alignment with them, we're gonna get breakthrough in our life. And we're looking today into the scriptures, into the Hebrew prophets, to discover some of the principles that need to be operative in our life if we're gonna get breakthrough in the spirit, which is gonna result in emotional breakthrough, psychological breakthrough, and breakthrough that will touch, listen to me, every area of our life. Years ago, as I've been sharing with you, the Lord spoke to me and he said to me, from this day forward, I'm gonna give you eyes to see into the Hebrew Bible and to be able to make modern day principle application for my people today. In other words, even though the scriptures may have been written 3,500 years ago, 2,500 years ago, God's saying, I'm gonna give you eyes to see the principles of the spirit in these scriptures and be able to make prophetic application for the church today. And so that's what's gonna be happening. We're gonna be looking now into the book of 2 Samuel chapter number five. And we're gonna be looking at what happened when the Philistines attacked David, how David responded, and how he got breakthrough. Now, I'm not gonna have time to go back and review everything that I've covered. I really want to encourage you to get this entire series because it can really make a difference in your life if you're ready to receive it. Now, quick, quick review. David is anointed king. As soon as he's anointed king, he's attacked by the Philistines. The principal application was when you're anointed, when you're moving forward in the spirit, you will face supernatural resistance. It's, a, it's like the law of gravity. It's just that simple. When you're moving forward in the spirit, when you're moving forward in the anointing, expect the devil to resist you and try to attack you. We saw that the devil attacked David multidimensionally. The enemy surrounded him. Again, I want to encourage you, go back and get the series. Let's press on now and see what David did. David, first of all, when he realized he was under attack, he went down into the stronghold, which is in Hebrew, Metsuda. It's a place of defense, a castle. And he did something. He responded to the attack. He responded to the enemy. He wasn't passive, as I talked about last week. We talked about how when you and I respond actively and aggressively to the enemy, we have the power to dispel him. But if we're passive and just say, I'm under attack, he'll continue to beat us up. I talked on last week's broadcast and the week before that about some of the things that we can do to get active, responding to the enemy and dispelling his powers. 
Let's inquire there in verse number 19 and see what the Lord did. Verse 19, David's in the stronghold now. He responds to the enemy by digging deep into God. He goes into the stronghold, the Hebrew word metsudah, castle, place of defense. And then in verse 19, then David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And I talked last time about the fact that David was clinging to God. He didn't just rush in to attack the Philistines, but he had fear of going in himself. In other words, like Moses that said, unless you go with me, I won't go. David had enough wisdom to realize that unless God went before him, unless God was with him, he wouldn't succeed. But too many of you make all kinds of decisions in your life without first consulting God. You go forward in making financial decisions, decisions about who to marry, decisions about who to date, decisions about what job to take without, first of all, going into the stronghold, going into a place of sitting before God, opening your heart up to Him, praying, waiting on Him, becoming dependent on Him, and then obeying Him. Instead, what too many are doing is they're just going about life, living in the flesh, making decisions on their own without adequately clinging to the Lord. You see, David was successful because he had, once again, enough fear of the Lord to realize that if he didn't cling to God, he was going to be defeated. I feel the same way in my life. I guess I've been broken enough to realize that unless God is with me, I don't want to go. So a principle that we see, David clung to God. He said, shall I go? Now let's see what happens next. God says to him in verse 19, go up for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. You see, you don't have to wonder whether you'll be victorious in life. If you cling to God, you will be victorious. God said to David, yes, go up. I'm going to give the enemy into your hands. The scripture, beloved one, says the same thing to all of God's children. We're more than conquerors. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Though no matter what we face in life, we'll overwhelmingly win. That even as the grave and death and the forces of darkness couldn't hold Jesus down, but rather he came back to life, ascended up through the grave, ascended through all the powers of darkness and hell, and is now seated at the right hand of God. So that same power that raised him is at work in your life and my life, and we'll experience that when we cling to God. You see, Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. God says, for my power will be perfected in your weakness. In other words, when we cling to God, we receive from God. And when we receive from him, we arise and we conquer. David then clings to God and God empowers him and says, go. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. The Lord says, go, I will surely give the enemy into your hand. Now, listen. So David came to Baal Perazim, listen now, and defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore, he named that place Baal Perazim, which means master of breakthrough. Now, I want you to get this. David now breaks out into victory. Now, I'm going to go to the parallel passage here. Parallel passage. I'm going now to the book of Chronicles, chapter 14, verse 11. And in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 14, we have the parallel account in the book of Chronicles of what we're reading about now in the book of Samuel. But we have an additional detail here in 1 Chronicles, chapter 14, verse 11. Again, it's the same exact account that's being recorded. Listen to what we read in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 14, verse 11. So they came up to Baal Perazim, listen now, 
and David defeated them there. And David said, God has broken through my enemies, hear me now, by my hand. Get this. David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand, David said, speaking of his own hand like the breakthrough of waters. What's the point, children of God? The point is this, that God didn't just defeat the Philistines without David's involvement, but David said, God has broken through my enemies and defeated them by my hand. You see, too many of God's children are just waiting for God to defeat their enemies. But God isn't going to defeat your enemies apart from you. He's going to defeat your enemies, largely beloved ones, through you. You see, we have to get aggressive. We have to go on the attack. David attacked the enemy. God said, go up and attack them. Then David attacked them, listen, in his flesh. When I mean in his flesh, I'm talking about he was in his body. I'm not talking about the spiritual difference between the flesh and the spirit. I'm talking about clothed in humanity. David physically went up against the enemy and God gave him victory. And David said, God has broken through my enemies. Listen now, by my hand. You got to do something. You got to take authority. Listen, you got to get mad in order to get glad. The devil's not going to go away until you, my friend, Make him go away. David defeated his enemies by his own hand. Wow, God is so amazing how he is alive, speaking and giving us new revelation through Rabbi's teaching. God has a plan for our lives, and it's exciting to hear the testimonies that you send in. Listen to this amazing testimony. The day after my brother went home to our Lord, we were cleaning his modest home. He had so many books and Bibles, but I found one in particular I felt compelled to read. It was your book about erasing fear from our lives. I marked every passage you referred to and could not put it down. I was a lukewarm Christian. I started watching your telecast every chance I got. I can tell you now that you helped me find God. Jesus is coming soon, and I am now ready to go with him, Stephanie from Arkansas. Beloved, God is powerfully using this ministry to change lives. Thank you for joining us. I want you just to close your eyes and look to heaven. Lift up your hands to heaven. And I want you to say to Jesus, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. I turn to you right now. Something surprises me about Rabbi's ministry when it comes to souls that are getting saved. You see how they come sprinting, not running, but sprinting to come and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. One of the primary reasons, beloved, that we're traveling the world is to preach the simple gospel of salvation. Primarily, the foundational truth of salvation is that Jesus forgives our sin. And wherever we go, we make sure that at every service, we preach the gospel in a simple form that they can understand. And we invite people that have never invited Jesus into their hearts before. 
we give them an invitation to receive Jesus into their lives and to ask him to forgive them for their sin. You've never asked him to forgive you for your sins and to save you. And tonight, you're ready to turn your life over to him. If that's you, would you raise your hand tonight? We've been called to be salt and light to the world, but Rabbi cannot share the truths from God's Word without help from you. Would you pray and consider donating or becoming a monthly partner with Rabbi as he ministers principles from God's Word through television, the internet, and on-the-ground outreaches, equipping the body of Christ, building the church, and evangelizing the world? Call 800-777-7835 or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Join those who have said yes to the calling. Help Rabbi build God's kingdom through the global outreaches of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Call today or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I want to tell you a story that hopefully will help you understand where I'm coming from with this. As I've shared in times past, I was a very committed athlete growing up. I wrestled all through school and got a small scholarship to college, as I've said before. But I learned a lesson in my time of wrestling. Let me tell you what I learned that applies to what we're sharing right now in principle. You see, first of all, I thought God was going to make me state champ because I thought that I worked harder than anybody else. In other words, I always had a very simple faith in God. I didn't believe in Jesus back then. I didn't know Jesus. But I believed in God. It was a very simple faith, just a true, innocent faith. And I said, God, I'm working harder than anybody else to be state champ. And I thought, since I'm working harder than anybody else, I said, Lord, I deserve to be the best. I deserve to be state champ because I worked harder than anybody else. That was my logical, you know, naive way of thinking. And so I was just expecting that God was going to make me state champ because I had worked harder than anybody else. But yet what I found was that I wasn't winning as much as I should be winning. And then the story continues. Wrestling consists of Three two-minute periods. In other words, a wrestling match in high school when I was wrestling was six minutes long, and the six minutes consisted of three two-minute periods. From the time I was a freshman in high school in ninth grade all the way through I was a senior in high school, 12th grade, I can only remember one time being behind at the end of the first round. In other words, Every single time I would go out there wrestling for the first two minutes and at the end of the two minutes, because they always take a break between each period, at the end of that first period, at the end of two minutes, listen, I was always ahead. I can only remember once in four years that I wasn't ahead at the end of the first round. But looking back on it, let me tell you what happened. I realized that after I got ahead after the first round, Rather than wrestling aggressively, like we're talking about today, David went in with his own hand against his enemies. Once I got ahead after the end of the first round, I started wrestling passively and defensively, psychologically thinking, now I'm ahead. I just got to hang on to my lead. So rather than wrestling to win anymore aggressively, I was now wrestling defensively, just trying to hang on to the lead that I had. And even though I was ahead, 
every single time, with one exception at the end of the first round, I was only winning about 50% of my matches. So one day, I have a wrestling match. Now, the kid that I was wrestling, I had already wrestled many times before because this kid, uh, his school used to come up to my school. I graduated from a, a school in uh, Cleveland, Ohio called Orange High School. So we at Orange High School used to scrimmage other wrestling teams from other schools. And what would happen would be that the bus from the other wrestling team would drive their wrestlers down to our school, Orange High School, or we would drive down to their school, and we would just wrestle each other, not in a real match where there was a referee, but just to train during the week. So I was wrestling this kid that used to come down to Orange High School to scrimmage with us, to practice with us from a school called University School. And the kid that I would wrestle from university school, his name was Charlie. And he literally was no competition for me at all. I had wrestled him many times. And I, I want you to know when I say this to you, I'm really just being very genuine. He felt to me like a wet noodle. I mean, I could throw him around. I could manhandle him. It was no contest. I mean, I, I literally just manhandled this kid. He was no contest for me every single time that I practiced with him, that we scrimmaged with him. But then the day came that we had a real match against this school. And I had a real match against Charlie with referees and the crowd and everything else. So what happens? The match starts. I go out, I take Charlie down, I put him on the ground. I'm destroying at the end of the first period, I'm, I'm ahead significantly. Then what did I do? I started thinking to myself, you know what? I'm ahead now, so now just hang on to your lead so you don't lose. What ended up happening? I lost to Charlie and when that happened, I got so disgusted with my attitude that I was wrestling like this. I thought, how in the world did you lose to him? You're so much better than him. And I realized what I was doing. And so what happened was the next night, I had another wrestling match against a very high caliber wrestler. But this time, I was so mad at myself and so mad at the thoughts that had stopped me from winning that I went out and I beat this very high caliber wrestler. But here's what happened. That day became a breakthrough for me when I, get, when I got mad at the attitude that caused me to lose to Charlie. I realized what I was doing. Finally, I had revelation. I got mad at that attitude. I broke it off me. I said, I'm never going to do that again. From now on, I'm never going to fear losing. I'm going to go out to win, not just the first period, but the second period and the third period. And from that day on, from the day I got mad and broke off that fear and began to wrestle aggressively for the entire six minutes, from that day on, I got breakthrough and began to win consistently. You see, the point is, beloved, that you need to get mad. You need to get mad at these thoughts that are defeating you. You need to get mad at these self-defeating thoughts. You need to get mad at the devil because for some of you, until you get mad, you're not going to get glad. And when you get strong, then you'll be happy. You see, David said, I broke through my enemy by my hand. He said the Lord was the one that gave him the victory, but David said it was by my hand. You see, David was out there with his sword. David was out there fighting. David was out there fully engaged. And it took that in order for him to get breakthrough. Some of you are too weak to get mad. God wants to strengthen you so you can get mad. Jesus hates the works of the devil, and he hates the works of the devil that are coming against you, and he wants to strengthen you so that you, like David, can break through your enemy by your hand. Again, God's not going to do it apart from you. So often he's going to do it, beloved one, listen to me, through you.
a principle of breakthrough is to realize that until we get mad at the devil, until we get mad at those thoughts that are keeping us bound, until we get mad at the thoughts that are keeping us trapped in mediocrity, until we reject those thoughts that are causing us to feel far away from God, until we get mad at where we are, we're never going to go forward to where we can be. Until we get mad at the strongholds that are stopping us from breakthrough, we're not going to get the breakthrough. You're going to get breakthrough by your hand as the Lord strengthens you to tear down the enemy. Beloved, there is no other way. There is no other way. Don't be trapped in religion. Don't be trapped in doing the pretty things that, uh, you know, the church makes us think we need to, to do and to be and the way to act. No, the devil keeps Christians weak by trapping them. The devil makes people think that if you get mad, you're not a Christian. Isn't that the lie that the devil uses against God's people? How can you call yourself a Christian when you lost your temper? Let me ask you this question. You think Jesus ever lost his temper? You think Jesus was mad? when he turned over the table of the money changers? Let me tell you, he was mad. And when he comes back from heaven on his white horse with eyes of a flame of fire, he is mad at sin. He's mad at the devil. He's mad at the works of darkness. And he's going to destroy them all. They'll all be destroyed in God's wrath. Beloved ones, there's a time to get mad. The scripture continues on there that David called that place where he defeated the Philistines, where he defeated the enemy, the master of breakthrough. Baal Perazim means the master of breakthrough. You know, it's interesting that after David got the breakthrough, it wasn't the end of the story because you know what? It says in verse number 22, now the Philistines came up once again. You see, even after David defeated them, the Philistines still came again to try to attack David. The point is, beloved, we're going to be in a battle our entire lives. You will have victory. You can get the victory. But don't think you're ever going to be on the beach for the rest of your life. We're going to be fighting our whole lives. Paul got to the very end of his life. And what did he say? He said, now I have fought the fight. Now I have run the race. And so Paul got to the very end of his life still fighting the fight of faith. You're a winner. You're a victor. You're going to keep getting victory. You're going to keep ascending. You're going to go from one level to the other level, but you've got to be engaged. You've got to be mad at the powers of Satan that are out to steal and kill and destroy. Beloved, I just want to pray for you right now for impartation, that you would be strengthened to get mad at the demonic thoughts that are keeping you bound, that you'll tear down every stronghold that's blinding you and preventing you from greater entrance into the fullness that God has for you. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you right now for your spirit, for your truth, and for your word. And we ask that, Father, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead would strengthen us right now in our inner man, that we would rise up, that we'd get mad at what we should be mad at so we can tear down the power, powers of darkness and get breakthrough for your glory. Jesus, strengthen your people. Jesus, you're the one with eyes as a flame of fire and with a two-edged sword coming from your mouth. Strengthen us, Jesus, with your ferocious spirit against darkness. Jesus, cause us to hate Satan the way you hate Satan. Cause us, Jesus, to hate what you hate, to love what you love, King Jesus, and to hate what you hate, that we might be fully fortified 
against the forces of darkness. Father, I speak activation into the hearts and souls of your people that they might move forward in the Spirit of God and conquer for you in Jesus' name. You know why the Lord asks you and I to tithe? Because when you and I tithe, we open up our hearts to Him, and in so doing, we're able to receive in an experiential way His love. You see, when we don't trust God with our finances, what we're unconsciously doing is agreeing with fear. That's why most people don't honor God with their finances, at least significantly. They might tip God, but they don't really tithe, which is the precedent of the entire Bible, all the new. Why? Because they're afraid to. They think if I tithe, then I'm gonna fall on my face and I can't really trust God. I wanna encourage you, beloved, and I wanna encourage myself. Let's choose faith, not fear. God told us, if you honor me with the first fruit of your wealth, your barn is gonna be full. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. I want to encourage those of you today that love God. Listen, take that next step if you haven't already. Honor the Lord and trust him with your finances. Be a giver. Jesus said it will come back to you pressed down, good measure, and running over into your lap. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yavarech Vaishmarecha Yair Yahweh Penavelecha Vihunecha Yisa Yahweh Penavelecha Veasem Le Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Today's episode concludes the series, Keys to Breakthrough. If you've enjoyed this series and would like to purchase a copy, visit our website or call the number on your screen.